Welcome back to Tyson Salt. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. We're here this week with episode 116, Throw Me a Bloody Bone. Which, uh, there's not a lot of bone throwing, more of like a, I don't know, there's, there's jumping bones, there's collapsing bones. Yep, yep, bones are getting jumped. There's a lot of bone going on. <laughs> a lot of boning. A little bit of blood. Not a lot of blood from the bones, but, you know, a little bit of blood from the guys. <laughs> Yes, but um, I guess we should start off b- before that, where they're basically walking through another hallway. A lot of hallways down here. A lot of hallways. Yeah. They kind of all look the same. Yeah, they do use the uh, the spike to heal, which is good. But I'd, I'd actually completely forgotten that that thing had uh, limited uses. I thought it was just to stab yourself and heal. No, it's I a, think it's it a limited thing. Four charges, five charges. I don't know. I honestly do not remember if it was four or five, but I remember there were rings falling off. And Alex, as I recall, did not say at what point they were at when the, the charges came up for the healing spike this time. I think he said there was one ring left. Did he say it was one ring left? Okay. I'm, I think he said there was about one left. Could have easily I just, missed I completely that. forgot. Well, I mean, I was saying it just because I completely forgot that that was a thing. I thought it was just an item that they could use. But oh, I, no, I remember the charges. my mind. Yeah, I, I had not, so. <laughs> well, but see, the best part of our partnership is only one of us has to remember, and then we both get to claim victory. That That is true. Because it's a partnership. We're co-hosts. So we're, <laughs> we're co-workers, co-teammates. Yep. We're kind of like Teoblith and... Okay, we're kind of like Uhtred and... All right. We're better, maybe, maybe. better than our genus and Elksy. That's true. That's true. That's what we are. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a little later on, but <laughs> the joke about <laughs> from the lies to Alexi, just just ignore all these optical illusions. Yeah, I'll be sure to close my eyes. <laughs> oh yeah, oh god, that tickled me. I loved it. I, I, it's, it can't be Thalias. It's there's a plot twist that's going to turn out. It's oh. not Thalias at all. It's some evil big bad that's been with him the whole time. This is the big you know monster within moment. It's going to happen, I think, in, in book five. So we're reeling from it as we go into book six. <laughs> but that's that's what's going on because Thelias never treated Elksy like that. Now he's just being a dick. Yeah, I I think just, you know, every time you die and come back, you lose a little bit of yourself. And that may just explain it. You're going all Game of Thrones with it because I think that's Is the that explanation. Is Game of Thrones thing? Uh, if I remember right, yeah, there was uh, crap. I can't remember the guy's name now. Of course. But in season one, they uh, have to fight the the mother of all the Snows. Not the Snows. They're not the Snows. Who the hell are they? It's Jon Snow and the family he's a bastard from. Who's shit. Can't remember that name. Great. Anyway, in season one, there's some guy she has to fight or that she has to fight. Her champion beats the guy. And then he says, okay, you get to go because he gets back up after being killed and he basically says the more you die the more you lose a piece of your you know you lose a piece of yourself each time. Huh. So, and I, I thought that you That may were, be what I'm thinking of then. I thought you were a monster nerd in Game of Thrones cuz that's newer and you know you're you're much younger than I am. I'm really not. <laughs> you're you're very much younger than I am. I think we're maybe a generation apart. That makes you much <laughs> younger than I am. Um, I really don't think so. Do you even know who Eric Estrada is? No. Okay. Much younger than I am. <laughs> and See, now I have to look it up. Very much not past your prime. 
I just thought that would that would be something that you might have been involved, interested in, involved in, etc. Whatever. And following. Strata. Oh, is the chips dude? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. And I'm cutting all of this out. I'm not putting it in my personal stuff out there for, for anyone. <laughs> this is just for you. Okay. Well, <laughs> well make yeah, sure to edit edit the whole digression off then. Oh no 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 no! I'm I'm gonna keep most of that in. Probably put it in the end. It's funny. Oh my god! Um, the whole you must be much significantly <laughs> younger than me. Oh no, I'm not. Oh yes, you are. Yeah. Good choices. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's well, awesome. They finished the hewing and toast rocks. They, they move toast rocks. Oh, sorry. You're you're getting serious. Okay, hang on, hang on. <clears throat> now returning to our regularly scheduled dialogue. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they finish up healing, which they they do quite a bit, especially with the the healing hands being available again. What else did they do? Oh, they kept moving, and then they found this uh, sheet of well, it looked like a silver mirror kind of hanging on a wall, but it rippled, and they're like, "Oh, this is just mercury," which is neat. I didn't realize that mercury was like a poison in Pathfinder. Well, it's a it should be. I mean, it's a poison in real life. I mean, it. Okay, it it, it poisons is. you, but it's slow over long periods of time. Lots of exposure, you get into your system, that kind of stuff. You can, right? You know, it's like it's like lead. Once you yes. have it in your system, it doesn't go away. So it's a it's a. The more you're exposed, the more it builds up. I know there's a term for that. I just can't remember. What yeah, it is. I don't. I don't. It. I know there's a term for it too. Biologically, like when you're talking about prey and uh, predators, you know mm-hmm. you. That's, you know, fish can have mercury and then eagles eat the fish and they build up a bunch of mercury and it's it flows upwards in the pyramid. You're talking about uh, the food chain. Food chain, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And by flowing up to the pyramid, I mean, you know, fish get a little bit each and then, you know, eagle eats six fish and now he's got six times the mercury, that kind of stuff. Or lead yeah, or whatever. And, There's a lot of ways for that to happen. And I, I yeah. don't know and that we it eat stays. the eagle, obviously. Right. We eat the eagle. That's exactly where I was going with this. <laughs> This um, is America. We eat the eagles. We eat the eagles. This is America. America. <laughs> and boy, those suckers better learn to play some football in Philadelphia or we're going to have a big old barbecue. Oh, you're, are you an Eagles fan? No. No. Okay. I mean, you know, no more so than anyone else, I suppose. I was just, <laughs> it's football time. It was a football joke. Eating eagles. Is it Cannibalism is never. Uh, well, it's NFL How draft it? time. Jeez, we got to cut this crap too. Good Lord, we're not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway, they they dismiss the magic holding the mercury up. Right. It falls to the ground with a Kind of slurps to the ground, I imagine. It doesn't really fall, yeah. right? It's a fluid, so it just kind of goes. But it's a slow... I don't know if they still do this. I know... Mercury is not a slow, slow-moving liquid. It's it's liquid. Uh, I, I remember my eighth grade science class, and we had mercury in a in Petri dishes. And it rolls around, but it doesn't roll around. It's not like water, right? It it stays in kind of a ball state is the way to describe it, or like a drop state. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you if you were to take a, a, a drop of it and put it on a flat surface, it would kind of make a little lopsided ball. Right. And it in has the petri a really high dish, surface tension. In the Petri dish, you can roll it around. Water right. would go flat, and you could make it go around, and you could make it go a lot faster than you can make water go a lot faster than you can make mercury go around a Petri dish. Probably. Because it's, you know, it instantly flows to the lowest point. It instantly moves. Mercury doesn't. Yeah, so. Fair enough. Remembering that, 
I, I saw this as kind of a, not like a, a slow creeping drop, but it was, it would be more of like a, not jello, but, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe like a, an oil or something like that. Sort of a, you know, a much slower flowing liquid. It's not as viscous, right? And that's the right way to say it. I mean, if it was not as viscous, that would mean it would flow faster. Viscous, the higher the viscosity, the slower it flows. Okay, so I like, got it right, I got it backwards. It's a very viscous liquid. Yeah. I had the right word, just don't know how to use it. <laughs> See, now you have, have me looking it up. Viscosity of mercury is less than of water because the sheer stress developed in water is more than mercury. Okay, so mercury the lower the viscosity. Is, is that what we say that again? The viscosity of mercury is less than of water. Okay. So mercury so the, flows faster than water. No. That I know yes. is not true from empirical evidence. <laughs> because I, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. Having it in a Petri dish and doing the circle on the Petri dish, you know, to get it to go in a circle inside the, the Petri dish, because, you know, we're idiots. Mm-hmm. And you, with water, you can get that baby, you can get it ripping around because it, you know, whips around. But mercury is, it, you can't get it going that fast. It just doesn't go that fast. Mm. Well, anyway, it kind of loops down maybe like uh oh maybe like sour cream right kind of i i really i'm see i'm i'm having to look this up now because we're we're just this is the the episode of digressions oh god <laughs> alex mack is like god damn it get to my part already <laughs> yeah the t1000 is mad at us <laughs> yeah i i can't find I can't immediately find what I'm looking for, so I'll just I'll drop it. But I'm pretty sure that mercury would flow faster than water. But again, I could be wrong. Well, I know it's thicker than water. Yes, it's definitely that. And it and it it's absolutely stands out. I know they identified a uh, in the early days of the thermal imaging. Uh, they were doing some work in China, and that's how they found this uh, city that they thought was a myth. And then they found a tomb of an emperor. That again, they thought was a myth. Yeah, and the city was that the the Mongols had destroyed it and then routed a river over it, and nobody believed that. But when they did the uh, thermal imaging, just like when they go into the jungle and they can see where the stuff's been cut, the you know what's original old growth and what's been cut out mm-hmm. and is not old growth anymore, and so they can find ruins that way. Same thing oh, with the city and the water. They were able to say, wait a second, there's a change in the water flow and. Then they did some analysis around where the river was and found out, holy crap, there's actually, you know, some foundations here. Mm. So with the tomb, they found it because it was a map of the known world from China's perspective at that time. And Mm -hmm. all the waterways were mercury. So he had the, the emperor had stone boats to represent, I guess, his troops or his, his ships type thing. And he had, they could float on the mercury. Interesting. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Okay. But so, yeah. Yes, the, this is stuff. where we get the, the reference to Alex Mack, which uh, I was obsessed with as a kid. I was, I was young enough to be like, hmm. It was, it was this and, and Power Rangers for me when I was younger. Oh, man. Yeah. I was <laughs> not a big Power Rangers fan. I, I wasn't. was the I was the right age for it. I was not necessarily opposed to it, but I was uh, because I was I was from before like the Godzilla, Ultraman, all that kind of stuff where they had the you know they shot it. It was all shot in Japanese with Japanese actors and stuff, and then right they bring it over here and then they'd redub it right. And Power Rangers, 
was very much one of those, except I, I, so I understand it when Power Rangers came over the company Saban, they like totally rewrote the stories and stuff and did everything crazy. And then, Oh yeah. They, they reshot all the, of the, cut in the, the non-suited parts and all that stuff and just totally went, uh, you know, totally hacked it apart. Yep. That's why the, uh, hold on. I want to make sure I get this right. We still got to cut all this. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> But that's why the, the Yellow Ranger doesn't have a skirt, because in the Japanese, I think it was played by a man, and it's supposed to be oh. a male ranger. But that's why the, the pink one does, and the yellow one doesn't. Ah, interesting. I'm pretty sure that's right. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So, anyway. Very interesting. They, they, they move past this now open sheet, or open space into a... I guess kind of a hidden room. Well, I guess they, it, it's they not a it hidden room. Been... We're, we're actually coming. What is going on is we're actually coming through a secret door, but from, from the, the back side. side. Yeah. We, we haven't uncovered the, we're, we're on the, not, we're not going, Hey, this bookcase moves. We're, we're on the backside going, huh? This looks like the backside of a bookcase. Wow. Yeah. Except we go into a giant hall of mirrors. Yeah. Which is creepy. And then Tom absolutely has, no, it's not Tom. It's Joe. Joe has the absolute right idea that there's something going on with these mirrors. I'm going to be attacked and I'm on high alert. And he's like, and Alex is like, well, actually, why don't you give me a check? <laughs> and then they're immediately attacked by bloody bones. Oh, yeah. I love that. I, I This also reminded me of that haunt by the lake. Which? Uh, the, the, from this AP? Yeah. Wasn't this AP the one with the haunt by the lake? Where they there was the... The undead at the bottom that drug everybody down to their depths because she'd been thrown in in chains? Or have I just, like, walked off the planet? I genuinely don't remember that. It sounds familiar, and I don't know. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Well, no, they're recording. We shouldn't bother them. Ah, shoot them a pass. Shoot them a question. I mean, they can ignore it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I swear there was a haunt by the lake, and they they were going there. I thought it, God, I swear to God, I thought it was on the way here. And I thought someone mm -hmm. was going to get drugged down to their death, which is what it was. But I thought Uhtred took care of it or something because he killed might the have. But the see, this is something. the problem. There's the, there's just no memorable enemies. Oh, <laughs> there we have it. I, I wish I could remember this sequence. I can only roughly sketch it out in my head. <laughs> yeah, who's the bad guy of this? Tarbat Palm. Oh no, that's that's Tarbafon's younger younger brother who just won't leave the house and keeps leeching off him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 it sounds familiar, and it sounds like it would have been from this book from their their trips. But I, 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 I thought it was I the trek remember. here. I thought it was the trek here, like after they got you know past the fort. I thought there was a yeah. a lake they went by that had a story with it, and they had to face a haunt there, and they. Because they camped near it, and it like she came out to drag one of them down to the bottom. Uh, yeah, it sounds them. familiar. So, but, um, but it that reminded me of that. It reminded me of that. But yeah, on on the subject of non memorable enemies, they kind of beat the crap out of these skeletons pretty easily. Oh yeah, yeah, they took them, the, took them fast. Well, I mean, when Keisha Keach basically knocks a third of them out with a single hit, you know, it really detracts from the uh, seriousness of the fight. <laughs> Well, I thought it was interesting too that the the mirrors are you know magically hardened and all this stuff, so you can't because you have this huge space with tons of mirrors and you can't yeah. smash any of them. I'd be interested to see the the, the map. Um, I'd map like to see the map room. on that one. I, I just just to understand it because it sounded to me a, a lot like 
I know that the designers like to do things like, oh, you know, you're under fire from a hundred archers. You, in order to get to them, you have to run up this ledge where you don't get your dexterity because it's difficult terrain and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, use the environment against the players a lot of times. Yeah. But I really felt like that's what we had going on here in that we're going to strengthen the mirrors so you can't just blast them indiscriminately with energy blasts, which to me right. didn't make a lot of sense. Why is I that? Mean, well, sure, you could shatter them all, I suppose, if you wanted to waste the resources. But if they shatter them all and they defeat the bloody bones by not giving them any place to be or to hide, who cares? You still made them waste all the resources as if the fight had happened. And yeah. during the fight, if the mirrors are exploding or shattering or falling, that's changing angles and spaces that people can pop that bones could pop out of perhaps yeah because you know as a game master i might look at well, a i broken... mean they're not really popping out of they could just move between the mirrors i think well yeah they came from mirror to mirror and they could stay in that space between mirrors mm, alex said that they were specifically always in the room they just use the mirrors as the door for the dimension doors right but i thought he also said they could stay in the mirrors I think they can hide in the mirrors. I don't, I don't. Well, that would imply they staying in the mirror <laughs> if they can hide in the mirror. Yeah, anyway, I thought is... it would have been uh, my personal take on it was that it would have been a much more dynamic, much more exciting fight. If mirrors had shot, some of the mirrors had shattered as the fight's going on and they're starting to, you know, oh, they can only come at us from this angle or from that angle and, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, maybe if the fight had gone on more than a round. Well, <laughs> you know, but. Like I said, I'm Kisha surprised Kisha we can remember what out. they were fighting. <laughs> I mean, Kisha Kish took one out immediately with his little staff thing, which he can only do once a day. That's fine. Yeah, but that's a super weapon. I mean, that could take out Tarbafon with a with a pop, you know? I mean, I guess boom. if he rolled a one on his save. Failed his save. <laughs> into the lantern he goes. Tarbafon's over. I mean, <laughs> if that's... We get, if we get to the end of this, they fight Tarbafon and Keisha Keish just bonks him with his staff and he rolls a nat one on his save, I'm going to be very... <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to laugh my ass off. That's going to be the icing <laughs> on the cake. The cherry on top of the icing on the cake. The candle extra... on top of the cherry on the icing on the cake. That's going to be hysterically awesome. I love it. <laughs> When you have the super weapon and you use it and it works and that's the last goddamn thing you expected to happen. Yeah. I love that. We did our job. We took our, we took the, <laughs> the, the one ring and we threw it in, you know, Mount doom and boom, the dangers ended. I love it. <laughs> Most of the time that doesn't happen. Most of the time. Right. That's not what goes down. It's like, Oh, we tried to get there and Oh yeah. I had to have my finger ripped off by Gollum who fell in, on accident and you know it wasn't my deliberate act that did it it was you know some other jerk that his mistake you know finished it you know i love it when you got when you when you're you're like we've got the super weapon let's go get him boom 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 set up all right he's gonna come in range fire and it works and you're like oh hell that wasn't too bad <laughs> it's a little i don't know i i want to call it anticlimactic but it's it's i don't know I just think that if that was what happens, I think people would be a little disappointed. It'd be funny in the moment, and then when it's when they when it's over, you're like, "Well, that was fine, I guess." It's one way oh to my do God. it. <laughs> ah, you know me. <laughs> I'm never satisfied. I understand. <laughs> 
don't get me wrong. It would be great if the if the uh, coming up to that moment is is not just Keith Shakish waltzing up to him, but the guys fighting to get to make the space to get Keith Shakish up there, and we got you know a couple rounds of maneuvering and and then finally with a charge or something bonk. I mean that's that could be pretty cool, right? That could yeah. be a great climax they to could- the fight, even though Tarbafon doesn't really get to unload. It could still be a cool climax because you do everything right. Yeah, but it could be interesting. I doubt that uh, they're going to bonk him with Keisha Keisha's lantern on a chain from his staff, <laughs> and it swings around a little bit, you know, like a oversized flail and uh, light up oversized flail. And Tarbafon's mm-hmm. going to go, "Oh, look at me! Oh, the amazing <laughs> and immaculate Tarbafon rolled a one. Oh, you lucky <laughs> players! I don't think that's what we're going to hear." He'd be like, "Nope, I'm re-rolling that." And uh, oh, look, I rolled a twenty. Well, <laughs> how it works? If he has any villain points, any GM points? Oh, I'm sure he will. I don't know. He's. I think he's used them up. I don't know. Do I? How often do I get to give one? Well, I thought we could give them once a year, but I think they were gonna. I was asking him about some of those patron patron things, and they haven't gotten back to me exactly on what we can and can't do. So yeah. Well, I mean, they've made some changes to the patron stuff. We don't get the the monthly hangouts anymore, and what? Well, right, right, right. So, and I, you know, again, totally cool with that. I know stuff, you know, has it's been hard to work out and things like that, so it hasn't been the right. best. But yeah, I mean, which, I, I know. By that the they, way, they use their one night a week where they're all available to record, which is completely understandable. Exactly, exactly. Because we would rather have that than the hangout. Yes, I guess. Uh, Tell me something. They, when they got to the door. We, well, we, we skipped something that we Oh, should, what did we, we skip? Definitely go. We, we skipped over Tiny Undead Uhtred. Oh, right. That's not a <laughs> non-memorable enemy. That was just a questionable ruling by the GM Alex there. Yeah. I Actually, don't I don't know, know how questionable it is. I, I don't know I what have he's not using looked up to do undead it. form. Was that what it is? So let's uh, look it up. Yeah, our form of the undead, it's, uh, it's like the animal one that makes you, you know, or the draconic one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, let's look it up. Let's see if we can find it here. And then, undead anatomy. Yes, there you go. Thank you. Undead anatomy two. This spell functions as an undead anatomy one, except as it allows you to form, assume the form of tiny or large. For foil, if you perform, you assume any of the following abilities. You gain a listed ability: climb, fly, swim, dark vision, low light, blood drain, dr. DR5 bludgeoning, scent, freeze, grab, mimicry, bounce. Uh, in this form, you gain a plus four bonus on saves. It's mind affecting effects, disease, poison, sleep stunning. If the form has a vulnerability to an attack, you gain that vulnerability. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it's very specific, so it doesn't say that you're immune to bleed. Uh, okay, I think, I think I see where he's coming from. In Undead 1, the lesser version of this, it says, in this form, you detect as an undead creature, such as with detect undead, but not with magical with magic that reveals your true form, such as true seeing, and are treated as undead for the purposes of channeled energy, cure spells, and inflict spells, but not for other effects that specifically target or react differently to undead. Oh, such as searing light. Yeah, so okay, I so think that might be where he's coming from with the... Uh, bleed. With the bleed. Because his true form is still a living, breathing, bleeding creature. Yes. So I agree so with that. Channels, cure spells, and inflict spells, but not for other effects. Yeah. At, when they do this stuff, though, 
it, to me, it's like the audit bleed is like one of those ones that I they almost ought to say, Hey, you don't get, you know, you're not immune to bleed effects. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, just spell it out. Cause skeletons are immune to bleed effects. And I think, I think un- yeah. all undead are I'm not a hundred percent on that. But anyway, yeah, that was the big rules thing that I thought we might have some fun with and have some mileage, but I guess not. I guess it's much clearer than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Undead traits. Is it just specifically skeletons? Oh, no. Im- immune to bleed, death effects, disease. Yeah. So all undead are immune to bleed. So I don't know. Does undead anatomy give him the undead traits or it just says, I think it would be no, I think just it's be pretty, specific. I think it's yeah. pretty clear. Because yeah, it says, so, but not for other effects that specifically target or react differently to undead. And it says such a searing light. Yeah, so I, I think that the still being vulnerable to bleed was the right call. Yeah, no, I agree. The fact that it calls out that, but not for uh, other effects. And it doesn't say just spells, but other effects. Yeah. That specifically target or react differently. Like bleed doesn't affect them. It reacts right. differently. That's how I'd take it. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then the, uh, I think it's the door, right? Yeah, after that the they find the, the to find the door, the door and the with rings. the four rings mm-hmm. representing humanity, the gods, well, undead, and Tarbaphon. Yeah, and his ascension, which I I kind of liked. I liked Matt's reasoning behind the way they went with it first, which put the gods above Tarbaphon because he was attempting to ascend to them. Well, oh, come on. I, I knew Tarbaphon had to be at the top of that list. Oh, right I from did the too. I'm just saying I agreed with his reasoning. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there's, I, there's no way his arrogance would allow him to be below anything. But Yeah, I'm so, so that means Matt's reasoning was wrong because he didn't take into account. <laughs> well, it's also or, his I'm sorry, let's say this. So. Tia Blith's reasoning was wrong because it didn't mm-hmm. take into account Tarbaphon's arrogance. And I love Nick going, wait is this guy so arrogant? I'm like, you have to be arrogant to become a lich in the first place, dude. (laughs) I mean, come on now. Yeah. But yeah, I actually was surprised that the order was from top to bottom, Tarbaphon, gods, undead, humanity. I thought it was going to be Tarbaphon, undead, gods, humanity. I guess. I could see it going either way for for Tarbaphon. Well, but... uh, uh, specifically, though, when he mentioned it, when Matt said, oh, I, uh, you know, his path of ascension, I went, oh, okay, I see humanity, undead gods, Tarbaphon, I get that. But, you know, definitely Tarbaphon had to be at the top of that list. I mean, the guy's oh, name's on the building. Yeah. Come on. His name's on the building, his statue's literally around every corner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's done the undead equivalent of peeing all over this thing to mark it as his. <laughs> I mean, the only thing he could have done is is left, I guess, little dust snakes or dust piles where he actually peed his dust i don't know little little pebbles little stacks of stones where he pooped you know kind of like rabbit (laughs) rabbit pellets then little piles i I don't think that's how it works didn't we just go over undead anatomy (laughs) i think we did but you know i'm just saying (laughs) the the guys put up enough stuff to make sure that he's you know alpha male marked it Mm. that you know i think we're pretty uh we're pretty clear on whose this is whose place this is fair enough and I, I was was genuinely surprised that Tia Blith, when he was talking about everybody needed to fly and oh yeah because they end up couldn't in fly this yeah. room or whatever it is yeah 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 and it's uh, snails weren't meant to fly I swear to God I was I w- was expecting to hear but escargot was meant to be eaten and Tia Blith didn't say it he let me down <laughs> and then Nick 
when he's talking about the crossing this bridge and am I getting paranoid crossing this bridge? I was instantly back on their way to the temple of Erasne underneath, um, for vigil. Yeah. Underneath vigil, right before the, uh, uh, radiant fire blossom and they got across in their <laughs> sewer gator. Yep. And that's where I thought he was talking, you know, he's flying over it and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is where sewer gator is going to attack him. Here it comes. You know, I don't know what it's going to be this time, but you know, this is sewer gator round two. And, uh, by the way, you can have a skeletal crocodile. You can absolutely do it. It can be big and nasty. It doesn't have to be your common croc. You could make it out of the, uh, Oh, I can't even think of the name for the, uh, prehistoric crocodiles right now in the book, but you can do it. You can make a skeleton out of them. I mean, isn't skeletal just a template you can throw on anything? It it is. It is, but most things I, I doubt you could make a skeletal ghost yeah i probably couldn't get rid of that couldn't make that work i mean it'd be cool though it's I mean, a ghost yeah. and bones that's kind of cool <laughs> you know it rattles and then fades right through a wall that's kind of spooky mm-hmm. prehistoric crocodilians oh the dinosuchus that's what i was thinking of the dinosuchus I have, never, I have never heard that word in my life it's a monster in pathfinder oh it's it's actually in the monster list i know because one of my characters uh, my, my skull and shackles character got swallowed by one. He I managed to survive, that. but, uh, was that like an insert from the GM? Cause I don't remember that in skull and shackles, the dinosuchus. No, yeah. they're on there. They're on the Island of empty eyes. Really? I, yeah, I think they're a wandering monster. I think. So it's not something that it's a maybe not planned encounter. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, there's a part of it where they're on there. I don't, I don't a hundred percent remember the details of it, but needless to say, they showed up two of them. I got swallowed by one of them and then mm-hmm. uh, made it out okay because I was in good with uh, Besmara. Okay. I was, I was causing enough trouble. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the point is that's what I was kind of expecting here, and I was expecting that was what was Nick was going to reference was the Sewer Gator episode, and now he's talking about some other dumb bridge further on with, you know, with statues, statues that come to life. Of course they're going to come to life, dude. It's a fantasy game. They always come to life. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hassling. That's, that's how it works. I, it's how it works. I'm hassling Nick, but the truth is, the truth is, I absolutely love yet again Nick and Tom. This episode, they were thinking quick on their feet, <laughs> and they were being careful and attentive to details. It's been nothing but a game as far as the the gameplay on this. Nothing but a game. Yeah, I just it's been a lot of love this AP and how these guys have handled it. There's been no absolutely no sloppy play by the players, in my opinion. Yeah, as as wild and crazy as they have been, they've still been on top of their game and keeping the eyes on the prize. And it's been fantastic. Do you think that's why you haven't felt that there have been memory many men? Do Ooh, that's a good question. That's, that's a good why question. there have been many memorable enemies because it's a good question. And uh, uh, in the chat. Alex actually mentions that, and I think this is worth worth mentioning too. Alex mentions that Skull and Shackles had kind of a, a mechanism where you could introduce the bad guy and give him time to simmer before the characters would ha- would face him. They couldn't just go right at him. Right. And he's, he's right. It absolutely had that mechanism. You met captains you didn't like. You sometimes had to work with them or do other things because it was a different kind of game. In this one, pretty much if you meet a bad guy, you're jumping him, attacking him, and he doesn't have the chance to get away and come back around. And it's not really designed that way. Right. So that hurts it for sure. But to the point you're making, 
I don't think that the guys being on their A game and, you know, being all over, finding the weaknesses, exploiting the weaknesses, playing smart, whether there are weaknesses or not weaknesses, but they're always playing smart, always doing the, you know, saying, you know, well, maybe we don't need to do that this particular fight because I don't feel like this is a really rough bad guy, but I'm going to do it anyway mm-hmm. because it's, you know, they just keep doing that because it's the, you know, the, the right way to play. And I, I put right in quotes, that's it's working for them <laughs> and their characters. I don't think that's it. I mean, I think that could certainly make some people less memorable, but yeah. then I also have to look back at the, uh, the masked captive from Skull yeah. and Shackles who got just drilled the first time he returned, you know, when he returns and he's this big <laughs> expectation, Alex is all excited and he just gets dropped. Yeah. That guy's still memorable. True. So true. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking that's, that's not the, the thing. It, could it contribute? Sure. It could contribute. It could take something and maybe make it seem less, you know, less cool than it really is, but less threatening, maybe less threatening even. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that's the, the, the answer here that's going to save uh, the lack of memorable enemies and suddenly change it because now they start stomping the party. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we have our, I guess, I don't want to say final because there's clearly one missing because they only mentioned three others, but uh, Emeritus finally shows up. Yes. A couple things I really liked here. One, we do the math on the Grave Knights again. So there were seven. Mm-hmm. Arasni takes out two. Yep. We've taken out, th- uh, the party's taken out three. Yes. Angry Lady, Fallen Staff, Fallen Stag. Gustari, <laughs> Fallen Star Stag, something. Fallen. Yeah. She's dead. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. She's Hippogriff Girl. Hippogriff Girl, it's, yeah. She's got the Hippogriff. And Taika. So yes. we go. Th- we got that list. We got it. And it's like, oh, okay. And then we got Emeritus. Six. Love that we did the math. Totally caught us back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, with how many there are and, and squares it up. Also loved that Emeritus is doing his whole, oh, I suppose you waltzed past Fallen Staff. Uh, you got past, you defeated Taika. You, you know, he's doing all these, saying all these names and that it's not just a, a monologue. Mm-hmm. It's not just building the scene. It's also actually summoning them to come assist and, you know, whoop some butt. Yeah. Which just, makes uh... me really proud of the guys for every time they go down they're doing what's necessary to put them down for good you know to end them permanently because i can just imagine how much uglier this fight would be when you know whoop grave night whoop grave night whoop (laughs) grave night god damn it now there's four of them to face oh that would would that be memorable for you uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, it, it would be memorable, but I, what I'd be remembering is that the guys were idiots and didn't take care of the, the job the first time, which is what Fair. I would have been saying Fair when enough. they weren't taking care of the job the first time. Fair enough. I, but, I, um... I really liked it. I really liked that aspect that it was, you know, going that extra mile and making sure they're gone, gone actually had a payoff in the AP right here, right now. Cause I, I guarantee you that magic thing that he was doing was going to bring him right now or within a round or two or something. Yeah. And this was awesome that it was, it's never going to happen. So yeah. enjoyed the heck out of that. Can't wait to see who that last one is. I thought he was going to say one more name, to be honest. I thought the yeah, last grave night was going to be ticked in there. Nope. Just the ones that are gone. Yeah. That's all right though. Also a little surprised that we get to Emeritus he hears that, you know, the party's whacked on the other three grave knights and still sticks with, you know, where's Erasne? 
Mm-hmm. And that doesn't surprise me that he says that. He could be compelled. But that when they say, well, that's what I told the other ones, but it doesn't make it lies. <laughs> it's that's that's where that conversation went when I was like, wait a minute. This guy's supposed to be the leader of the Grave Knights. Where's that spark? Where's that intelligence that goes, well, you know, or or God forbid, bust a sense, you know, sense motive from the Grave Knights, something that says, you're not lying to me, mm-hmm. you know, but I can smell her on you. I mean, we've heard that from the Grave Knights before, but this time maybe he pays attention. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's what I was expecting. A little more of that, especially since the monologue was started. Obviously, you're going to fight him. Got no problems with that, but I was expecting a little more of this. Like maybe he starts to think or get that idea that maybe there's something wrong here. Maybe something's going on, and it's not exactly as I th- as I thought. You know? Yeah. I mean, they're going to kill him. So so Geb never gets the information, right? He's not getting the information. They're gonna no. they're gonna get rid of him. They're gonna put him down for good. Geb's never getting this info. But I I was I've been hoping for that realization from a grave knight. So it's kind of like the ah crap. Yeah. You know, we're looking, we're digging in the wrong place. Kind of a they thing. They might. They've still got one to go technically, so Yeah. I suppose this could be the smart one, the one that's last. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well I guess we'll have to find out next week. Yep, when we roll for initiative. Alright. Well, I guess that's gonna do it for us this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. See you next week. Bye. Bye. What else has he done that I might know? We're taking a break from our regularly scheduled broadcast commentary. <laughs> and this will probably end up... He was in C-Lab? He was in C-Lab 2021. Who did he play? I know he was in one of those uh, celebrity uh, house things. Mm-hmm. I forget what MTV called them, but there was something, you know, something house, and there was like Seattle, and there was something this, whatever. And they did a celebrity one, and, and Eric Estrada was in it, and Jeremy... Whatever his name is, the big porn guy was in it. You mean Ron Jeremy? Ron Jeremy. There you go. Sorry. I, I remember the Jeremy. I forget the Ron. Hmm. Eric Estrada. Okay. I'm looking through his list of things that he's been in, and the thing that stands out to me is the Eminem Just Lose It music video. <laughs> Why? Hey, he was, in the, he was in the, the, the movie sequel to Chips, you know, the remaking of Chips. Yeah. I saw that. I figured. I, I assumed that was coming. That it's the it's the Eminem music video that just stands out to me. <laughs> I think you're just you know reaching for candies and they're not melting in your mouth. That's what I think's going on there. I like candy. I like candy too. She's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually currently should... know a woman named Candy, so I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs>